Hello and welcome to HQ Movie Review. I'm Rachel. I'm Josh. I'm Jack. And I'm Brandon. And today we watched Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Or if you're British, the Philosopher's Stone. I feel like we should start off with a disclaimer. <laughs> we do not speak for the brand or the company of Universal Studios or Warner Brothers. Or the Wizarding World. Or the Wizarding World in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> this, this will, it, will, it will become apparent later why. So, this movie has been on our list to watch since we started doing movie nights. Which was long before the podcast started. In fact, one of our like homebrew rules about long-running series is specifically named after this series... And it, this is the first time that this series has come up. Just due to random chance. I think it's also worth mentioning that, like probably many of you, this movie and this series is so very ingrained in our childhoods. It's been a while. It's for been me a while. Since, all right. Well, it has been a short period of... <laughs> It has been a long period of time since I watched the movie in its entirety, intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not one of my go-to rewatches, but I, I still remember like the vast majority of it. It's one of those classics that you saw enough as a child, you don't need to go back and watch it. You just know everything. Or you think you do until you actually do go back and rewatch it and remember all the things that you did forget. Especially if you had access to the ABC family because they played it like every weekend. Every weekend is Harry Potter weekend. <laughs> See, I'm not too sure that I'd seen this movie like too many times as a kid just because I enjoyed the later movies better. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if I had to say which I'd, if I'd say which one I watched the most... It would absolutely be Prisoner of Azkaban. That's my favorite of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big finale person, so I was always watching Deathly Hallows Part 2. That's fair. See, I was watching them a lot before Deathly Hallows came out. That's true. I got really big into it when the seventh book came out. Oh, yeah. That was when I really started getting into them. Like, I had seen the movies before that, but like I, when the seventh book came out and I was like, oh, the series is over... I'm going to go and read all of these. And I read the whole series in like a week. I remember um, I had not read any of the books by the time the last one came out because it was 2007 and I was eight. Um, <laughs> but I remember my sister had gone to like a special thing at a Barnes and Noble to get the last book. Uh, and as soon as she got home, she read it. And the next morning she was crying because Fred died. <laughs> Oh, spoilers. I guess spoilers for Deathly Hallows. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not at Deathly Hallows yet. We are square in the beginning with uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Where it all begins. Yep. With a mouse. There was <laughs> not a mouse. Uh, a there rat. were several owls. And something that looks like a rat. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... Uh, this is one of the things I brought up during the movie, but it always, it didn't always bother me. It, it made me wonder, since we don't hear what Parseltongue actually sounds like until like the second movie, you don't really think about the fact that he was just kind of sitting in the zoo hissing to that snake and no one thought it was weird. No one even commented on this. I'd like to think like one person saw him and was like, where are this kid's parents? <laughs> I bet he'd love to know. Do you think that um, Harry letting the python loose at the zoo was like Great Britain's Harambe incident? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't want anything bad to have happened to the snake. Listen, that snake is not a native species to the environment. I mean, I, I hope they just got the snake and put it back. I mean, yeah, you would hope. I'm just saying, like, there are a lot of similarities here. Non-supervised child is inside the enclosure. <laughs> yeah. His parents probably should have been watching him, but they weren't. Mm -hmm. 
So are we going to talk about the um, the first time that we really see why Harry's not going to be in Ravenclaw? The letter incident? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I think it's important to note. The entire ground is just fully coated with letters. There's no reason why he needed to be up on the table trying to catch one, like one of those money pits at the carnival. Yeah. And then, like, Vernon starts chasing him, and he doesn't think to, like, pick up another letter and put it in his pocket or something. Like, there are little slats in the cupboard under the stairs. He should just start, like, shoving them in there. Like, he can't find all of them. (laughs) And the Dursleys would never think to clean his quote-unquote room, so. There were a lot of things he could have done. Yeah. And I feel like this whole movie, a lot of things that Harry does that are really stupid or, you know, like obviously not the best solution could could just be explained by he's an 11 year old that has had no real world experience doing anything he just lives in a cupboard true so a lot of a lot of these obvious things can be explained with that but many of them are because he's he's just a jock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just an 11-year-old kid that's good at sports. Harry started this movie off on the path to being wizard himbo, and he <laughs> did not oh He did not fulfill that promise. But he this one he doesn't do any magic in this movie. He he just he just does cool broom tricks. Yeah. He does magic once when he makes the glass disappear. Yeah, I was going to say he does not use intentional magic. He doesn't do any magic on purpose. <laughs> In this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does sports and he learns chess. He doesn't even learn chess. Ron does that. I knew Ron knew chess. Harry learned enough chess to know that he had to like move to a specific point to checkmate the king at the end. Yeah, Harry saw the checkmate. It's yeah. a good thing that someone taught Harry how to checkmate before that point. <laughs> they would have been they would have been done for. I mean honestly, Ron could have just said, Hey, when I go down, move here. And it would have solved the problem. Ron's unconscious on the floor. I, I don't know what we do next. I know it's our turn. Do we just... What, do, I, do I stand here? Do I just leave? Yeah. I really want to know, like, did Ron play that whole game without taking any pieces with Harry and Hermione? Or, like, did he have them walk up and try and kick a giant statue to death? I really want to see how the knights killed things. Because, like, everything else had like a weapon of some kind. I guess the rooks didn't either. Yeah, the rook yeah, was I, just the castle. The, the horse could kick with its hooves or something. I really want to see the rook. <laughs> yeah, they were just 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 castles. Just just a tower. The rook takes out a gun. <laughs> Are you ready for chess too? Pawn with a gun. <laughs> it's just a fucking rifle barrel shoves out one of the castle windows. Yeah, it's a cannonball. Oh, there we go. Fair enough. That's what happens at Ilvermorny, the American Wizarding <laughs> School. <laughs> oh, Ilvermorny. I forgot that existed. Yeah. We forget a lot of things existed. Let's just pretend it doesn't. I mean, back when I was a professional wizard, I would tell people, because I was not allowed to fake a British accent, I was like, oh no, I'm from America. We do not speak for the brand or the company. Yeah, I don't speak for the brand or the company. <laughs> And they didn't tell me to say this. <laughs> but I'd be like, no, I'm I'm an American wizard. And I get to call guests uh, nomadges instead of muggles. As another former professional wizard, <laughs> <laughs> we did get a lot of questions about our lack of British accents. At least in uh, the shops. Yeah, those shops. In that one alley. You know the one. Those shops at that one company. You guys can say Diagon yeah. Alley. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, y'all are being real vague about this. <laughs> like, people who don't know like, are really going to be confused. It's not illegal for us to say you guys worked in the wizarding world at Universal. Isn't it, though? Isn't it, though? Nah. I don't think so. Especially if we say it. Yeah, fair point. I didn't say anything. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I don't think that we're monetized, but this is going to be like the first podcast that we have that's like actively demonetized. (laughs) So Josh, how does it feel being the only person in this podcast that didn't work for that company? It's, it's, you know, I, I don't really think about it too much, but now, now that it's on the table here, it's just, 
it is a little weird. It's like, hmm, they'll talk about a lot of things that happened there that I don't have any context for. I mean, I wasn't in that area. I was in the child land, two islands over. Child land? <laughs> child That's land. what it was. I feel like Brandon and I, we, we have a lot of like shared experience as um, former merch yeah. Team members, and then Jack and I, we have very a lot of shared experience as former wizards. Yeah. <laughs> I will say uh, one thing one of the team leads always told me was that uh, the wands pay for everything. It doesn't matter if a kid like actually steals some candy or some shit. The, the wands will pay for it. <laughs> They're so expensive, yeah. Yeah, they really are. And people just collect them. And they just keep going up. For a yeah, piece of do. plastic that just has an RFID chip in it. It is way too well, expensive. Even the ones that don't. Yeah, there's a lot of them that are just plastic sticks. That's yeah. that wizard inflation for you. <laughs> uh, see, that's what happens when you miscast Silencio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, that's a that's a reference to the second movie. That hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah, no. we don't know those spells yet. The only things that we can do are make sunlight petrify people, and levitate feather. Those are things Hermione can do. <laughs> All of which never come back. We can heal someone's sight. And wait, when Guardian Leviosa comes back. Okay, when Guardian Leviosa does, but pretty much every other spell that is in this movie does not come back. Alohomora. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That is in this movie. It's completely useless. <laughs> Yeah. This next segment is what I like to call We All Just Say a Lot of Spells. <laughs> I'm really surprised Oculus Reparo doesn't come back. Like, no one needs glasses. Well, Why? No, she fixes his glasses later on. It's, it's a in, nice callback. Yeah, it's in the second movie uh, when he uh, fails to say any words clearly and then ends up in Nocturne Alley. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just remember something. I Did... Did she try a little more on the the room with the flying keys? No, she didn't. Ron did. Yeah. And he like did it very badly. Like he just yelled the spell at the lock. And so I do think a lot about like, I wonder if, if Hermione did it. Yeah. Would it have worked? Would it have worked? Because she did it on a fucking lever. <laughs> yeah. She goes the up to the third last. floor. Like that's just a doorknob. You don't need to unlock it. <laughs> It's not even a knob. It's a hand. It's a like a ring that's attached to a lever that pivots and just slides out of the way, and the door can come unlocked. <laughs> no, the real question is, would it work on wood? We haven't gotten to the Doctor Who jokes yet. This is too soon. <laughs> <laughs> we actually flew right over the Doctor Who jokes and went straight to um, the third floor corridor. Yeah, the War Doctor is in this, and he sells wands. And he killed Harry's parents. He killed Harry's parents. We have... We so have, You have to explain the joke. You're watching the movie, and he gives the whole, like, exposition of, oh, yeah, Voldemort... Sorry, we don't say his name. Uh, Voldemort killed his parents. And then Hagrid shows up and is like, hey, I got you an owl. Here you go. And they sit down, and they have dinner, and he just goes... He killed my parents, didn't he? Like, who, Ollivander? <laughs> In the very next scene, with no transition, it just goes like, all right, cool, you're finished with Ollivanders? Boom, you're in a pub, and Hagrid's talking to you. And he, Harry just goes, he killed my parents, didn't he? Like, Hagrid wasn't there for that conversation. Who killed your parents, the soup? <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite movie tropes, where it's like, all right, we have two scenes, we need to cut between one scene and the other. We need them to have a flawless, seamless conversation between them. But it also implies that there's a large stretch of time where they just kind of walk to the next location and don't say a single thing. It's real good. Speaking of Harry's parents, I have this this one little factoid that I really love. It's that technically, if you look at the wiki, Harry's mom died a widow. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's so bad! Like, oh no! It's on the wiki page. Harry's dad died married. Harry's mom died as a widow. Thanks. I hate that so much. That is the meanest thing that you have ever said. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 not great. Also, can we talk about the fact that they had the whole flashback of Voldemort coming in and like killing uh, his mom and scarring him, right? <laughs> Did not show his dad yeah. at all. James Potter <laughs> makes zero appearance until like the mirror. Yeah, it's wild because you 
you know, I'd understand if they just didn't have him in the movie at all because I don't know what this kid's going to look like when he grows up, and it's kind of a key thing that he looks like his dad, right? But then his dad shows up in the mirror like an hour later. Yeah, clearly they cast him. So he has, like, they've cast this character as, like, a actual person. <laughs> it doesn't make sense why he wasn't in the flashback as well. Because it's only Harry's mom's love that saved him. His dad's love and didn't count. His dad's love didn't do shit for anybody. <laughs> his dad tried to, like, fist fight Voldemort in the hallway and just does nothing. <laughs> his dad tried to fistful Voldemort, but he didn't love his son. This is actually also the first film where we see a lot of wandless magic. Yeah, which is... Which is surprising. I mean, it's the first film we see anything, but... Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. No, it is It is weird. They, they start off the series with... Everyone can just use wandless magic. Yeah, and then later establish, oh no, that's actually really advanced. Like, Coral can just snap his fingers and create fire. Can you imagine if Hagrid got to finish school? Oh my god. He'd be unstoppable. Yeah, but I mean, like, and even when Quirrell's trying to curse Harry during the Quidditch match, it, uh, and Snape, too, neither of them are using their wands. They're just looking at him and... Chanting. Not blinking. Quirrell's not even chanting. He's doing it silent and wandless, which is, like, off the rails. Yeah, staring at him. Well, uh, it probably was Voldemort that was chanting. But does that count, though? Because Voldemort doesn't have eye contact with Harry. And that's an important part of the curse. It's at what point do you consider them to like be enough of the same person? Voldemort has his own eyes. Voldemort has his own eyes. Yeah, but yeah. like, but not uh, his own lungs. Yeah, it was specifically when he looked at the back of Quirrell's head that his scar hurt. Yeah. Yeah, but like, for doing magic, can. They did specify that eye contact was very important for this. Yeah, but can he use Quirrell's eyes is what I'm trying to get at. I don't think that that counts. I mean, he can use Harry's eyes, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Which was wild. They're connected. And you don't think Quirrell and Voldemort are connected at this point? I mean, in a very Potter musical. (laughs) 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 Yes. Listen, that, that musical spawned so many Quirrell Mort shippers. It was weird. I w- Is that technically self-cessed? Who was a, <laughs> <laughs> a Quirrell Mort shipper before that? I don't think anyone. I, I hope, hope not anyone. No. <laughs> I really hope not, yeah. Listen, I've seen enough of Tumblr. They will eventually ship any character themselves. <laughs> <laughs> any Tumblr sexy man, you know the ones. Uh... Are you yeah. playing either Quirrell or Voldemort is one of those? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> the Onceler was. Yeah. We don't talk about the Onceler. <laughs> is the Lorax on the list? Yes. Yeah. I thought we I already watched the Lorax. We put I it don't, back on the list. I do it was not. On the list. <laughs> I would like for us to put it back on the list so we can talk about the Lorax. I do not need to see the Lorax another second of my life. How bad can I be? Now we're really getting copyright strikes. Oh, no. I think I'm still within the fair use window of audio. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, an interesting thing that I saw on IMDb, Robin Williams offered to play Hagrid for zero pay because he loved the book so much. And they turned him down? I mean, he's not you so know, British. So the reason they turned him down was because She Who Must Not Be Named insisted on it being an entirely British cast. Aww. Oh. I mean, that. I think it would have been amazing. I think it would have been too powerful. It would. Yeah, exactly. It would have been too much. Like, we can't... Yeah, they really would have focused a lot more on Hagrid, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> See, I like Hagrid as a character, though. I think it really would have made the whole, like, his catchphrase of, I shouldn't have said that, really pop. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. it I think it works better that it's not too funny, because it's, it's always like, uh, Hagrid, it's, you're a nice guy, but you are kind of dumb. Especially when your leads are all 11, I, I think it's important to not detract from what they're doing too much. Oh, yeah. And I do think, like, that while Robin Williams would have had an incredible performance, I, I think that it would have taken away from Harry's story a little bit. Yeah, 
he would have outacted them like so hard. Like, yeah. It, it would have been distracting. Like even as it was, we we did not get five minutes into this movie without joking about the child actors. I mean, yes, they're very famous, accomplished like thespians now, but they were just like random eleven-year-olds then. Oh yeah, absolutely, and you can tell. Daniel Radcliffe had been in one movie before this. Yeah. Could you tell? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, they had, like, open auditions for so many of these roles and just pulled, like, people who had never done anything before because they wanted, like, fresh and young and... Yeah. Yeah. They um they interviewed 5,000 boys. Mm-hmm. 5,000? Yeah, just for, like, the roles of Harry and Ron. I actually love... Um, one of my favorite things about the audition process is... Tom Felton talking about his audition because he originally went in for Harry and in such a Malfoy move they're like going down the line and they're asking everybody like what their favorite Harry Potter book was up to that point and everyone's answering and Tom Felton's like I haven't I haven't read any of these (laughs) and so he literally he was like just listening down the line and like he just picked the same book as the kid before he was like yeah that one <laughs> oh boy. Uh, classic Malfoy. In um in Rupert Grint's like he sent uh, a video in. He was rapping yeah. in in his video and talking about how much he wanted to be in the movie. So I actually have I have two really good stories about like the casting for this movie. One is that after they got like the three for Harry, Ron, Hermione they had them each like write like an essay on their characters. Emma Watson wrote this like multi-page paper. Daniel Radcliffe wrote a single page, and Rupert Grant didn't turn his in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they know they got it right. Perfect casting there. And then the other story is that the actors for Fred and George skipped school to go audition for the parts, mm-hmm. which is just very Fred and George. Didn't they also, like, not tell their parents until they knew they got the role? (laughs) Yeah. So, that was a lovely surprise, I'm sure. I just want to point out, we're we're watching the the movie in, like, fast, like, three times speed while we're talking. And you can really tell that the shot of the troll breaking down the bathroom stalls is exactly the same. (laughs) Because... When it's playing back so fast, because there's no time in between it happening. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will say it was the, just a different angle. Yeah, it the, wasn't even no, a different angle. The angle was the same. The animation was exactly the same. They did mm. move the troll down to the new stalls. You could see the broken stalls on the right a little bit, but they were mm. so far off screen that you couldn't tell otherwise. Two thousand one, man. It was a different time. Remember Sam Raimi's Spider Man? Oh, yeah. No. How do you not? Because he's... I was two. What? (laughs) I was two when this came out. Don't ever say that again. (laughs) Hurts me. Yeah, not a huge fan of that information anyway. I'm absolutely obsessed with, in this movie... All of the times that we have Snape and Quirrell next to each other and they see Snape do something, they're like, that's him. He's evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. We got it. Like, the Quidditch match scene is so funny because they look at Snape and see him, like, chanting, and Quirrell is right there just staring ominously. <laughs> like, you can absolutely see that he's doing something. And like, nope, it's Snape. Snape's the evil one. Did you see how we asked Harry those hard questions on the first day? He must be evil. Snape walks in and he says, I know this is a magic school. We ain't doing no magic. We're not waving the wands. We're not saying anything. Fuck off. This is chemistry class now. Potions only, fools. (laughs) Potions only. Also, kid who's literally never been to school before. What are all these high level? (laughs) Yeah. He asks the one kid he knows for a fact has zero magical upbringing. Hey, you 11 year old that's lived in isolation. Tell me what Wormwood is now. Oh, you don't know? Then I guess you should have been taking notes while I was talking. 
Is it that is it that time to talk about Quidditch yet? No. Maybe it no. just rounds it out that every other teacher up to and including Dumbledore does kind of special treatment Harry a lot. I'm not condoning Snape's actions in any way, shape, or form, but maybe it's good that someone was taking him down a couple pegs. Quirrell literally tried to kill him. I feel like McGonagall was like at least as firm as she should have been with Harry. Okay, I mean, except for the one glaring exception yeah. here. McGonagall's Nobody like the fly best teacher around. at Hogwarts. Yeah, you can't you can't say anything bad about McGonagall. She does almost everything right. She was grading papers mm. and then saw Harry doing some unauthorized sick broom flips and said, you know what? This kid's a seeker. And she was right. Just yeah. because she was right does not mean that he shouldn't have faced consequences. Yeah, Probably. she didn't even ask about like, oh, who threw that remember all at my window? Who threw Not it? Important. Why were you doing it? Where's the teacher? <laughs> when she goes down, she's just like, nope, you're good. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to bend the rules to make it so that you can be our seeker. I mean, was there a rule against first years playing Quidditch? It was just against them like being off their brooms in that class. No, no, no. There is... There's a rule about uh, first years not being allowed to own their own brooms. Yeah, that's the rule they bend. Otherwise, oh, okay. it's just first years never make the team. Well, I mean, someone did a century ago. Yeah. Maybe that was before the broom rule. And that's why the broom rule. <laughs> yeah, because they do stupid shit like trying to surf on brooms. <laughs> <laughs> there really was. It was closer to his hand when he was just sitting on it. And then he decides to stand up. Yep. Yeah. But then that leads to him, you know, swallowing it. And, and that's plot important. Yeah, that's, that becomes crucially important later. Chekhov's swallow? <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, uh, anyway, this has been HQ Movie Review. <laughs> oh, no. I don't... I don't... I think we might actually just cut that joke. That I was, don't know what to say to that. I couldn't think of anything I, else. I... Like, I... Part of me feels like I have an obligation to leave it in, but I just, I think it might just be better to to forget it ever happened. Well, now we've been talking about it. It's going to be hard to cut it out. <laughs> cut it all out. This is the only one where we don't really see them get uh, house points for being good at things in class. Like, you have to assume that the students that aren't um, solving zany mysteries are doing something to get those house points going up in Oh, yeah, that's where all the other mm. house points came from. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially when they keep losing 50 at a time for <laughs> random stupid things. Yeah. We just don't spend any time in class, that's all. Oh, yeah. also, I forgot to, to mention the thing that I wanted to when we, we were talking about the troll. <laughs> so Hermione lies for some reason about why she's in the bathroom when she could have just said, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> she decides to come up with this like ridiculous story about how she's like yeah i wanted to go take care of a troll by myself and they came and tried to stop me yeah that was weird that she she lied about the part that she wouldn't have gotten in trouble for but she did leave in the part where harry and ron came to like save her which i assume is what she thought they were gonna get in trouble i don't understand yeah and then they got points for trying to save her but then she lost points for being a dumbass essentially but it was a lie that she she never wanted to do that she was just in the bathroom which is a perfectly reasonable explanation that would garner no point loss and it's not like we were keeping track of the points so that we could do the cool reveal later about like how they won specifically exactly enough points to win the house cup anyway oh yeah so there was no real point to that yeah also and the reason I brought this up when it was when you were talking about points earlier was she came up with this tale about how she wanted to go kill a troll or take down a troll or whatever by herself. And they're like, oh, you could have died. Minus five points. And then later, <laughs> when they sneak out to go talk to Hagrid and Malfoy catches him and snitches on him, McGonagall comes out and is like, you're out at nighttime? Minus 50 points. 
each. And then the punishment for going and chilling with Hagrid is you guys are going to go and you're going to hang out with Hagrid in the danger woods. Yeah. <laughs> and they do not learn their lesson because they continue to hang out with Hagrid for the next six years after hours. Yeah. <laughs> They're and just smarter. They bring the invisibility cloak. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's wild. We were like, oh, man, you could have died. Oh, man, it's minus five points. We, we don't want that. Oh, you were out after dark? And you were with a teacher? Well, I guess he wasn't a teacher, but you were with, like, a staff member? Uh, yeah, no, that's... Now that's... you get 50 points, one million years dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that if he had gone and gotten Snape, that Malfoy would have faced any consequences for his actions? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. No. <laughs> Snape would have been like, chance. Malfoy, good job following them. I don't know how you got their scent, because... Your dorms are on, like, opposite sides of the castle elevation-wise, but good job coming to me with this. Also, minus 100 plus points Plus 50 each. points. Yeah, yeah, plus 50 <laughs> points, Malfoy, minus 200 to Harry specifically, and then another 50 for you, Ron, and Hermione, uh, minus 50 for sneaking out, and another 30 because I hate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think... Your analysis there is completely accurate, except for the fact that he doesn't know Ron's first name. <laughs> <laughs> he calls him Fred. <laughs> I was like, I, you would just call him Weasley. He, he's, yeah. he, that covers like eight students, right? <laughs> I really love the um, the AU people come up with where it's like, all right, what if Harry had his mom's looks in his dad's eyes and everyone just thinks he's another Weasley? <laughs> <laughs> And then that first scene where uh, Malfoy rolls up red hair, hand me down robes. You must be a Weasley. He's like, I don't know yeah, what? what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I just got here. I don't know magic. I just learned how my parents died two days ago. Who are you? <laughs> he shows up to the burrow in the second book and they're just like, oh, we have another kid. I guess. Sure. I stopped counting. <laughs> also, in the mirror, I just want to point out how much... Harry's mom looked like Jenny. Yeah, kinda. A bit Freudian when you think about it. Yeah. It's like, this is what your mom looks like. Hmm. Interesting. Several <laughs> years go by. <laughs> I'm gonna date Jenny. I'd like to think that he didn't start thinking I'm gonna date Jenny until she was, like, better than him at Quidditch. <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that's what it was. That's yeah. probably what it was. Because Harry is a jock with zero ambition. <laughs> He's the chosen one. <laughs> I'm too busy fighting Voldemort to catch the snitch this year. Yeah, but I mean, like, he is a Quidditch prodigy. He has this like legendary story. If he went like pro as a Quidditch player, he'd be even more of a legend. He's like. Nah, I'm going to be a wizard cop. <laughs> I do love the idea that as the second Wizarding War becomes further into history, people are like, oh yeah, Ginny Weasley's wife. No, no, you're right. Uh -huh. <laughs> not, even, not even her husband, her wife. Some millennial only knows about Ginny Weasley and not Harry Potter. Yeah. Listen, those are my favorite like little like mini fanfics to read. Where Harry becomes like a professor at Hogwarts and slowly fades out of fame and gets to live a nice quiet life with his very like famous wife. <laughs> those are great. Love those. It's amazing. I like the idea that someone later down the road realizes like, hey, you know you're a wizard cop and everything, but I, it's, it sees here, you don't have a degree? <laughs> yeah, he never went up his wizard GED. It says you skipped your last year of high school? My name's Harry Potter. I've killed people and I never finished high school. It's basically Naruto. <laughs> so I always like the uh, alternate reality where instead of going back and being a professor, he has to go back and go to school again. <laughs> he wakes up in a cold sweat one night. I never took the newts. <laughs> <laughs> What if it was Hermione, just as the Minister of Magic, before Harry became the head wizard cop? She was like, no, I'm not letting you have this position unless you go the fuck back to school. 
go finish seventh year, Harry. But I'm 30 and there's 17. I don't care. Go test out of it. But seriously, like, he was a prodigy at Quidditch. He also had, a, like, a serious passion for teaching defense against the dark arts. And instead of instead of doing either of those things that he genuinely enjoyed doing, he decides, you know, I spent my childhood fighting dark wizards. I think I'm going to just keep doing that forever. Yeah. Yeah. He, he needs a wizard therapist. Like, he literally, in school, comes up with his own class of students to teach defense against the dark arts too like he just made his own school with blackjack and hookers (laughs) (laughs) and it was the better defense against the dark arts class yeah it's not like the position is cursed anymore at that point yeah he could just do that he's very good at it he's very good at it his friend neville is in the herbology classroom it really was a missed opportunity. He would have been such a good Defense Against the Dark Arts professor. Yeah, look, there's, there's so many missed opportunities in this franchise. Yeah. Maybe if someone actually wrote the books. Yeah, if only they had an author of some kind. It's really unfortunate that they just kind of came into existence on their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On an unrelated note, trans rights. <laughs> <laughs> trans rights. Trans rights. Trans rights. Anyway, <laughs> so as we were saying, it is fun looking back at the first one. I actually had a couple different points with that I started out like that, uh, but I'm gonna go with it's fun looking back at this one uh, and realizing I think this movie out of all of them has the most dated cinematography. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's yeah. just like a lot of shots where there's these like dramatic zooms and the like low frame rate, slow motion. But my absolute favorite one is the centaur uh, unicorn blood scene in the Forbidden Forest. Oh, my Lord. Because (laughs) they really, like, to create this kind of sinister figure, they just, like, took, like, one of those, like, Halloween ghosts that you, like, put up in the tree that has, like, the mask and you backlight and it looks all spooky. And they, like, rigged it with a pulley so that it flew around. Yeah, that's really it. Or uh, drug across the ground. Yeah. As is the case when it's first coming They were holding Barry. it like a foot off the ground and just kind of shaking it a little bit. Yeah. This is a kite that has not taken off. Yeah. <laughs> and the other direction that I wanted to go with that is it's kind of fun knowing what you know about like the later lore, looking back and realizing that Ron and Neville are just simply not that good at magic because they're both using hand-me-down wands that didn't choose them. Yeah. And the second yeah. that that is remedied and they have good wands, they suddenly are just as competent as everybody else. Yeah. They literally have a handicap. <laughs> Which yeah. is wild because this is not something that's like unknown to wizards as a whole. Like they know the whole like wands have a will right they Mm -hmm. know the wand choose the wizards and that like well i think the thing with both of their cases is that they don't have the money to buy a new wand so it's like hey we have a wand here we can't afford to spend extra money on getting you your own wand so you're just going to use this one it still does magic i feel like there should be a method to transfer the ownership of the wands like hey you gotta take it from this person well, there is one specific <laughs> yeah. wand that does that. There is one, yeah. No. That actually is how, um, like, some wand ownership works, is, like, if you disarm them, then yeah. you it loses the allegiance to the other person. The wand's like, uh, they were weak. You're cool. But yeah. that is still, like, a, it is the wand's choice. Like, the wand is sentient to the point of, like, I, I'm going to work for some people and I'm not going to work for others. But, like, you're not going to take little 11 year old Rod Weasley out to the backyard and say okay now rip it out of Charlie's hand yeah why not I think that the wand is smart enough to know that this is staged yeah this is a farce I mean maybe actually make it challenging like hey you have to do this how's he gonna disarm him he doesn't know how to levitate a feather yeah he doesn't know what he sounds 
these wands must get real confused at dueling club. Oh yeah, because that's the thing too is it doesn't always like well, it has to be work intent, like that. Right? Yeah, like you have to intend on taking it. Like I believe it's is Harry takes uh, Malfoy's, Malfoy's wand, right? Yeah, he Expelliarmus. Mm-hmm. He takes it, and he and that's how he ends up gaining ownership of. The Elder Wand, right? He actually yeah, but, doesn't even take it. He just rips it out his hand. Yeah, but <laughs> see, see, that's the thing. It works. <laughs> it's not just intent, though, because Malfoy didn't know he had technical. He didn't know he had ownership of the Elder Wand from well, beating Dumbledore. That's that's the Elder Wand. The Elder Wand is a different thing. I'm talking about it's your average run-of-the-mill wand. Like, I, he, obviously, taking it from his hand was enough to transfer ownership of the regular wand. I think that that's an exception and not the rule, though, because... He takes all of the wands to Ollivander, and Ollivander, like, listens to them and bends them and is like, this is this person's wand. This is this person's wand. And then he gets to Draco's wand. He goes, this was the wand of Draco Malfoy. I sense this allegiance has changed. So it's not, like, disarming someone is not a immediate, this is my wand now. It has to be, like, the wand has chosen that this is no longer Malfoy's wand. This is now Harry's wand. I mean, yeah, but I feel like even if it doesn't work, it's worth a shot, like, trying to transfer the ownership of the wand, right? Like, it's worth a shot, but then it's a lot harder to blame the fact that you're bad at wizard school on that your wand is no good. Yeah. I think it... I think it's a bad idea to send a child to wizard school without a properly functioning wand. I mean, it does make sense, at least in the Weasley's case, that they had, like, they, they couldn't afford to keep buying brand new wands, but... I think Neville's case, like, his aunt just made him take that one because it was his father's wand. Like, that wasn't well, a, yeah. a sense of, like, you, we can't afford to get you a new wand. This was, this is your dad's wand. He died fighting in the Wizarding War. Like, he was killed by Bellatrix Lestrange. You should be honored to have this wand, even though, like, it should be common knowledge that that's not how wand allegiance works. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's safe to say that Sometimes people do things and it's like, hey, this is symbolic to me. I don't need it to make sense. Correct me if I'm wrong. Neville's parents aren't dead, are they? Yes, they... Oh, well, they're not dead. They're they're just they're crazy. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah, insane. Yeah. Uh, because of the, the Bellatrix tortured them. Yeah. And St. Mungo's. They're basically dead. Yeah. But they're not actually. They're dead from a character standpoint. Which, I'm curious, if his dad actually was dead, would the the wand then transfer ownership i don't think that it would have it if anything it would have gone to bellatrix yeah yeah that's fair i mean if wands are ascendant as we're saying they are it could have just been the wand because like sometimes the rule is hey the wand goes to whoever beats you sometimes the wand just picks a different person yeah also normally in wizard tradition if you die your wand is buried with you yeah fair because they are like very much supposed to be that person's wand and nobody yeah. else's. Yeah, a part of you. Yeah. I wonder if there's one wizard out there who's just obsessed with getting as many wands <laughs> as possible. Sure and he's just like, I'm sure this will make a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> uh, Fucking yes. General Dark Lord Grievous. Grievous. <laughs> he was a Slytherin. Absolutely. Man. We cannot have an episode without Star Wars references <laughs> at nope. all. We had one. Which one? Uh, I think it was ha- Recipe. Did, yeah, did we was talk it about... Recipe for Seduction? Yeah, recipe for Seduction, because it was too short. <laughs> I feel like there was a Star Wars reference somewhere in there. Yeah, maybe. But anyway. <laughs> Let's go back to Slytherin for a second, because we really set the tone on Slytherin House very early on in this movie. And it carries all the way to the end where we start out. So McGonagall explains to everybody the houses and already adds this like tone. She basically spits the word Slytherin out at the end. And she's like Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin. And that really sets Harry off to being the um, absolute menace to the House of Slytherin for the rest of time. Like, we roll up, and he's at the sorting, and they put the hat on him. 
And in the book, it all happens in his head, but it's so rude in the movie that he's whispering quietly, like, not Slytherin. And the hat just, like, yells for the whole room to hear, not Slytherin. You don't want Slytherin, huh? You hate Slytherin? They're evil. (laughs) Did you hear that table? Hey, Slytherin. In the back, are you paying attention? He hates you. Yeah. yeah. The chosen Fox one thinks you guys are assholes. Yeah. Every anyway. single one of you, born to be a villain in his eyes. Never met a single one of you. He's met exactly three of you. He's he met hated exa- all three of them. <laughs> it was the worst representation of your house, but that's not the point. And then, and so we go through the whole year. And then just imagine from the perspective of a seventh year, you have spent the last the half of your life at this point in Slytherin house these people are your family to you these are the same people that you have lived with for so long and you roll up to the opening feast the sorting hat tells you that Harry Potter the boy who lived hates your guts yeah you work hard the rest of the year you stay out of trouble you answer a lot of questions rack up your house points end of the year Oh my gosh, I'm graduating. We won the house cup. What a beautiful note to end my school life on. Wait a second. Dumbledore standing up. Oh what? man, what's he going to say? Oh, he's okay. congratulating us. Oh, that's awesome. Wait, why do you say however? Wait, 50 points? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. There's still like third play. An- another 50. Okay. That's a lot okay. of points to be given out. What so is happening? 60? Didn't he just kill someone? Should we be rewarding that? He killed a faculty member. Oh my god, they're tied Wait, now. That, that means they're tied uh, with us. How does this even work? Wait, isn't that the kid with the frog? 20 points! <laughs> For standing up to his friends? What? It didn't even work! They petrified him! <laughs> and now we lose? Congratulations. Have a nice adult life. I wonder how much Neville got beat up because of that. <laughs> Neville got beat up a lot in general. Also, it's it's also my headcanon that teachers get bonuses based on if their house wins the house cup. <laughs> and there's definitely a scene when, when Dumbledore stands up and he starts congratulating uh, Slytherin. And uh, Snape looks all proud and everything. And then he says, however, and it cuts to Snape, and he just kind of looks over at, it's just, <laughs> at Dumbledore and goes, me. uh-huh, what, what's that? And then he goes on this spiel about all these points, and then <laughs> Gryffindor wins, and all the banners change. Yeah. <laughs> and Snape is Every- over there thinking, just like, are you fucking kidding me? Also, like, that every single house cheered for Gryffindor, like... Before this, like, Slytherin, like, they were kind of jerks sometimes, but, like, Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff didn't have a dog in this race, and they're just like, yeah, fuck Slytherin, Gryffindor forever. (laughs) I think in the books, Slytherin had won for, like, the last five years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good long while, and everyone just wanted to see them not win, but still. (laughs) Well, when your house's main tenant is ambition... You're gonna put a lot of effort into winning the school-wide contest. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It's also really funny that, like, in the later books, uh, whoever wrote them decided that, hey, maybe we should ease off of this one quarter of our population who are not actually all evil. Like, some of these kids are just kids who are ambitious, and maybe we shouldn't have vilified them when we do have an actual villain group. But it was too late, and nothing actually was done until, like, the very last book to say, hey, some of these kids are also heroes. They're just in green. And they also, like, I think Ron has a line in this movie where he's like, um, Slytherin's all bad apples. Not a single bad wizard is has... Uh, he says every bad wizard has come from Slytherin. There Which is outright not true. Even if they don't know about Peter Pettigrew at this point, Sirius Black was also a Gryffindor. Yeah. yeah. They know at least one Gryffindor was, like, evil. Like, it's... It, if, at best, it might be a slightly higher proportion than other houses. But, for the most part, it's a pretty even split on just... 
how many bad wizards come out of which house. Also, I really like the implication that, I mean, obviously this was not thought of in the first book or movie, but I really like the implication that no dark wizards come from anywhere else on the planet. It's one <laughs> quarter of all this British ha- wizards. This school. Specifically this no, school. No, every dark wizard comes from Slytherin. There are no dark wizards from any other wizarding school. Oh gosh, we went this whole podcast without saying what our houses were. I was going to do that at the end. I mean, we just brought it up now, so we can just do it. All right, okay. we'll just do a quick little, will you start? I'm a Hufflepuff. I am also a Hufflepuff. I'm a Gryffindor. I'm also a Gryffindor. We do not have a wide arrangement of houses. We do not have a diverse group of houses here. <laughs> nope. Nah, nah, not really, no. I would also like to just quickly challenge josh's statement that there's or was it jack was that you that there was an even split of dark oh, wizards across, okay so it was josh i don't think that a single evil wizard has come out of hufflepuff well if you read cursed child no one reads <laughs> nobody child. reads cursed child you didn't even read cursed I child did not read cursed child but i knew what happened in it which is why i didn't read it <laughs> i'm just saying like if you it's a pretty even split Maybe a lot less Hufflepuff and maybe a few more Slytherin. But for the most part, it's a, a probably a statistical like would, non-difference. I would say that, on the one hand, based on the fact that the houses are personality-based, you could make an argument that people who are cunning or are willing to do things that they deem to be necessary, not necessarily what is considered right or kind or smart or whatever adjectives you want to assign to their houses you might have a group that is more likely to pick something that can be considered evil based on whether or not they think it's necessary but also i mean one of the tenets of hufflepuff is hey we'll take everyone who wasn't accepted into their houses which includes people who are just equally cunning smart or brave if you don't fit into those if you don't fit into the other three houses you can come into Hufflepuff. It's fine. So, I mean, really, it, it means nothing. They're all nothing. It's a it's a fake personality test. It really is. Based on a hat. That just takes your opinion into account. Yeah, it also like, just like, hey, did you want to be Gryffindor? Okay, sure. Hey, like, we're all seven of your siblings in Gryffindor? Sure, go ahead and be in Gryffindor, Ron. Which I think that Rachel's hot take here. Um, we wildly mishoused several of the Weasley twins. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah. Fred and George are Slytherins. <laughs> I was going to say Percy strongly belongs in Slytherin. A lot of people place him in Ravenclaw, but I think that it's it's the... It's the ambition. It's the ambition. Yeah, yeah Percy absolutely. also is a Slytherin. <laughs> like, they're, they're... A lot of the Weasleys are just not even fit for, <laughs> for uh, Gryffindor. It's just, hey, Weasleys are a Gryffindor family, so they get Gryffindor. And same with, I mean, Malfoy fit pretty firmly in Slytherin, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was that hat didn't even touch him. It was just like, yep, Malfoy. One of, one of the little like hat scarf things, little tassel things. Yeah, was was touching him, <laughs> and he was like, Slytherin, you're in Slytherin. I go. can smell, I can smell the Malfoy brand hair gel. Get out of here. <laughs> Malfoy's just in his head screaming Slytherin. <laughs> Your father gave you that hair gel, and I can smell it. There's actually just a small note clipped to the top of his hair that says Slytherin, or I will contact my father. My father will hear about this. <laughs> so I thought you were going to go Slytherin, or I burned you. I know where they keep you, Hat, and I know where they keep the matches. I don't know. Do you need matches? No, they don't, but I know where they keep the incendio spell. Doesn't make sense. I don't know how... Um, long it will be until we get to Chamber of Secrets. But I would also like to point out that it is heavily implied in Chamber of Secrets that Lucius Malfoy is on the Hogwarts Board of Trustees. I'm fairly certain, yeah. Yeah. And that there is a Hogwarts Board of Trustees. That's what I really question. That's <laughs> why. Because that's how they got, um, that's who, like, took Hagrid was the board yeah the board took hagrid the board said hagrid had to go to azkaban um for absolutely no reason on reasonable suspicion (laughs) that he was the person that opened the chamber of secrets they said hey i don't like this kid's genetics send him to jail 
I did forget all about that. Ooh, there do be a whole lot of wizard pre- prejudice in this uh, in this world we've created. Yeah. Don't even get started on the house elves. It's real bad. It's You can't make a race of slaves and then be like, no, they like it, though. <laughs> no. That's not... No. That's bad. That's a bad thing you've written, nameless person. It's real bad. We've also written in much later... Um, treating the centaurs as second-class citizens. Oh, yeah. I yeah. totally forgot about that. Also werewolves. Also werewolves. It's like, oh, you're not 100% human? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. We also decided that this children's book would be a great time for us to um, create some magic slurs. Cool. Yeah. Yep. I mean, also, the, I mean, there's racism against even, like, muggle-born wizards and witches as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they just fucking racist about everything. <laughs> oh, if you're not a pure-blooded yeah. wizard or witch... You must be a wizard who is descended from other wizards and witches. Nothing else. If you deviate from this in any way, you will be discriminated against. If you've ever held hands with a muggle, you are filth. Also, and this is more of a covert thing if you if you don't know the stereotypes but all of the specific characters of race have these really bad names like Cho Chang is like just the most super stereotypical like it's like the John Doe or the Jane Doe of Chinese names which is why I love it in a very Potter musical when she's suddenly southern <laughs> yeah but like a lot like um the Patels. Yeah, the Patels. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of characters where it's like, hey, this is Jane Doe, but a different nationality. And that's as much research as I'm doing into that. Kingsley Shacklebolt. It's just, it's not great. And this extends past the first book. We're getting to, like, extended stuff again. But, like, all of the stuff with Ilvermorny and the other, like, magical schools where it's just... All right, there was five minutes of research done. I think I can make an entire school and culture about this. <laughs> I want to know what the other schools' versions of the Sorting Hat was. I, do they even have like? Ilvermorny does have houses. I Ilver- know that one. Yeah, Ilvermorny has houses, but I think part of it is because it's specifically its founder because, was yeah. Hogwarts. Oh, yeah, Ilvermorny yeah. is just they tried to copy Hogwarts, but in America, and then they took a bunch of Native American myths and did them poorly. But like Dumbstring and Bobaton, like Yeah, Dumbstring and Bobatons are just say hey, it's this is just a school here. That's it. There's no houses. Hey, have you guys ever done the math on um how overcrowded Hogwarts should be if <laughs> to have like a full wizard society going mm-hmm. to school there? Yeah. Every uh, everyone in Great Britain's wizard society goes to school there. Yeah. Yeah. At one school. At one school. In which a th- the th- whole third floor is completely quarantined off. You and think that's bad? Ilvermorny services the entire, like, North America. Like, but if you think about, um, because I've, I've done the math. It's been a while since I've done the it's math. It's been a while. Stop it. <laughs> Cutting that Twice out. Twice in one episode. It's been a long time since I've done the math. And, but I remember, like, upon doing research... Harry's Gryffindor class, Harry's year specifically, only had, he had eight roommates. And then there were, of course, the girls as well. And I don't have a number on the, the number of girls that were in Gryffindor that year. But unless it was like a couple hundred, it doesn't make sense. Because even if there's like 1% of the population of Great Britain is magical, then you're suppo- you should have a couple hundred students per year at Hogwarts and you're looking at maybe like 50 or 60 in a class total yeah like like across all four houses if you look at the great hall scenes there's like surprisingly very few people in that that's not a big great hall yeah Yeah. there were more people at my high school graduation than there were in the great hall of Hogwarts across seven years of school the great hall I think had at most being generous 200 people in it yeah like in and that includes all four houses all seven years yeah (laughs) that is every student there and it's 
you could try and make the argument because there is in canon in the U.S. other wizarding schools. Right. And so you could make the argument that there's other wizarding schools in Great Britain, except that Hogwarts is the most prestigious school you can go to in Great Britain and the tuition is free. So why would you go to a private wizarding school? Yeah. Also, like, they just send you a letter. Yeah. yeah. Apparently you don't, don't have, you have to, to apply. Yeah, you don't have to apply. They'll just send you the letter. You are automatically accepted if you are a British-born wizard child. Yeah, they have, like, canonically, a magic book that writes down your name. Yep, the magic quill. Like, it knows who you are. It's like, hey, this person, they're magical. In 11 years, send them a letter. That's how I got into the Pottermore beta back in the day. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, that's... I remember that. That is a throwback. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just watched Josh like stare off into the distance, like reliving Pottermore. <laughs> the website's still there, homie. You can go back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's not the same. Like, it was, that was a one time deal. That was okay. You did it. There was a big craze, and it, it's there for the test and the wand. Yeah, that's really it. I was just vividly remembering, like, everyone getting online and being like did you get your invite did you get your invite yet <laughs> and like some people got it before others and they're just like i got it i got it and they're like oh boy you have to take the test <laughs> it was it really was a different time that was the Pokemon Go year before we had the Pokemon Go year. I was really literally was. about to say that. <laughs> Do you remember the Harry Potter AR game? Oh, I played so much of that. I there was like a stop. I used to I when I worked as like a receptionist, there was a stop that was like the sign at the front of the building. And I was just close enough that I could just keep my phone open and alternate between the Pottermore or, or the the Harry Potter one and the and, and Pokemon Go and just spin the stop all day and just rack stuff up. Lucrative. Oh, good. I remember I used to, have, like, I'd go out to lunch on my lunch break at work. I'd, like, drive over to, like, the plaza, like, across the road. And there was a couple, like, Harry Potter spots there. So I'd sit in the parking lot, eat my food, and just play the game. Like, sometimes I'd go into a restaurant, but sometimes it's just like, all right, well, this is a drive through trip, so I'm just going to sit in my car and eat. And play Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. That game ever end? Was there an ending to that? There was a mystery, and I just never solved it. There were two. There were two games. There was the 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 AR one that was like, uh, it was Wizards Unite. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that was there was like a mystery to that too, and I think it's still going because I mean it was only like two years ago, so they're probably still developing it. And then there was Hogwarts Mystery. And that one I fell off of because, like, you only had a finite amount of energy that you could use and you couldn't, like, get any more of it back other than waiting or paying out. Yeah, that was annoying. But you had to, like, complete tasks within a certain time period. And I always, like, you know, had a job to go to. And so I couldn't keep opening my phone and updating my... But that one's still going because I get ads for it all the time. Uh, hmm. I played both of those at one point (laughs) and they just kind of blurred together. I honestly thought it was the same game, but now that you mentioned it's two, I absolutely remember now that it was two different games. Yeah. Only one of them had a customizable avatar. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Guess which one I stuck with longer. (laughs) Because I wanted to buy cool outfits. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I might open it up again when I get home. Don't do it. Now that just, I've been thinking about it. I just want to I just want to see how it's doing. I want to see if there's new updates and I can I can get I can get a cool hairstyle. That's how it starts. Listen, I stopped playing the Kingdom Hearts mobile game for like a year and a half and I opened it up just to check on how the missions were going, see if they continued the story, and then I continued playing it until it ended. I just started playing a game that I played in like freshman year of high school that I opened up again. It's called Tiny Tower and it's like one of those idle click games. Oh god. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, time to buy another floor. Time to collect my rent. <laughs> well, Rachel's not going to be in the podcast next week. <laughs> yeah, sponsored by Tiny Tower. <laughs> not actually sponsored by Tiny Tower. Please don't copyright strike us. We do not speak for the brand or the company, Tiny Tower. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. 
Well, this has been HQ Movie Review. I am Rachel. I'm Josh. I'm Jack. And I'm Brandon. Have a good night, folks. Hey Josh, didn't you play Quidditch when you were in college?